Trash Can presents the random guy who makes random references that nobody gets. Oh, hi, Bill. Oh, how's it going, Jay? Oh, not too bad. Oh, I'm squirrelier than a cage in a nutshell. Uh... I, I, I grew up in the South, but I don't think I'm familiar with that. What does that even mean? Oh, man, you so funny. You know exactly what that means. I'll tell you what, it's something like being and stuck in a popcorn shell that hasn't popped on the roof of a tin roof with the garden donkey on top. You know what I'm saying? No, I literally have no idea what you're saying. First of all, donkeys and popcorn and a tin roof in a garden? I, I, what, what does that even mean? All I'm saying is writing checks... Endorsing them on the back, take it to the bank. That's all I'm saying, man. Like, I don't understand how you don't get that. That's not even like a, a southern colloquialism. That's just a process of going to the bank. That's just what you do. That's not even like an obscure reference. It's just what you do. Man, you're being kookier than Ray Davis right now. The great Ray Davis, but he was kooky, okay? And you're being kookier than him right now. Dude, I think uh, I need to get some new friends because, uh, yeah. You're squirrelier than a squirrel on Groundhog Day. See? Now you're getting it. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. second week into this new year and uh man it's been fast and furious for me how about you it has been fast and furious the week has felt so long and it's like man like i had a short week this week but i just had so much to do but uh i'm actually in orlando florida uh when this podcast drops so kind of cool for work but yeah we want to shout out to all of our listeners hey we got um some listeners in south carolina and australia um over in the uk has been pretty pretty big uh ireland of course france spain uh england all those great places also too over in the middle east we got some listeners over there so uh yeah what about stateside man you already said south carolina we could talk about the neighbors from south carolina that we have listeners in did i say south carolina i meant south america you said south america yeah no that's great south america i was like i was like south carolina's cool too we love the people there we got georgia and uh, North Carolina, their neighbors as well. Virginia has been huge. Uh, really up and down the eastern seaboard, you look at the map, even on the west coast, Oregon, California, Washington. Man, it's it's been really just, uh, it's been great. And then in uh, the great heartland, where they call the breadbasket of America. And I don't, I guess because of the wheat, right? But hey, Iowa, Kansas, we really appreciate you guys. Ohio has been huge over in the Ohio Valley region. Um, we really appreciate it. all across America. We really appreciate it. all around the world. Thanks a bunch, guys. It's been great, and we have a great show for you. If you're new to the Donut Box podcast, each segment is a different donut, and we have different topics that we're going to talk about. But we always start with an oldie but a goodie. That's old fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. And lately, we have been talking about people from our past, particularly um, a at the old church that we used to go to. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, we called it Few Hope. That's what I called it, Few Hope. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so we got some interesting characters to talk about because just like the Boot Corral, um, there are people that you just see and you're like, man, I understand why TV shows like Everybody Loves Raymond and Seinfeld, they base uh, some of the characters off these people, real-life people, and I'm like, yep, we had a TV show, there's some of these people. But 
Uh, Micah, who are we talking about today? Well, the first person. This is a younger person, somebody that was our age and is our age. Um, so what what should we call her, Chris? I'm trying to find... Jayla. You said Gail? No, Jayla. Oh, Jayla. Okay, yeah, we can call her that. Jayla. So this gal, we're going to start with her because, man, she was something else. So I'll just say this. She played the piano for a little bit there uh, in our youth group. That was part of it. But, uh, bro, she was a straight-up... What's a kind word for what I'm looking for, Chris? A witch? Yeah, a witch. And uh, we're not going to talk about what that rhymes with. So, the deal is, she was something else, bro. And I'll tell you who she was something else to. She was something else to her parents. I ain't never seen somebody act that way towards uh, somebody's parents. What, what, you know, we can start there and keep on going, but what, what do you got to say about her? First of all, for all of our OGs that have been listening about when I got in trouble for pulling out my pocket knife, she was the one that snitched on me. Number two, she also snitched on me and uh, a couple other guys. Actually, what's funny is we were all named Chris, so there was three Chris's. Um, this was before Micah actually got there. And she said that we were being mean to this girl, but we really weren't. But anyways, I digress. But she used to not be that way. And she actually had been there before um, before I had gotten there. So she's been at that church or was at that church for a very long time. An OG of that church. And she were. used to be nice. Like she was really nice, like really was like, you know what? I'm a Christian, but I love everybody. I'm going to welcome everybody. Um, I don't know what happened whenever she got into her teenage years, but yes, she was always whining. And, um, you remember Veruca Salt from, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a great, great impression. The only problem was like her parents are really cool people and they're, I ain't got nothing wrong with her parents, but they weren't Veruca Salt kind of money people. So that kind of created some problems. Yep. So what would you, do you remember any particular stories about how she was a jerk face to you? Oh man. So where do I start? So I remember we went uh, to this church retreat. We would always do this leadership retreat which I kind of didn't understand. I guess they were also trying to get leaders of the future to come to this leadership retreat. Anyways, so it was called the Frozen Chosen, and we always went to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And so we go out to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and old Jayla goes, and her parents come too. Her parents were very involved in the youth group and all this other stuff. So they came, chaperoned. It was a good time, whatever. I remember she was... Uh, she was a little older than me. She's Chris's age. Chris is about a year older than I am. Um, so she was, I was about 15. She was 15 going on 16, I think. And I just remember, because it was always in this condo. And the condo, just like typical beach condos, have a bottom layer where people park their cars and stuff like that. I just remember her being like, Daddy, I want to drive the car. I want to drive the car. Because we were all going to go somewhere. I think it was to the outlet mall or something. And she's like, I want to drive the car. And Myrtle Beach was not exactly, especially on the beach, like that, whatever road it is next to the beach, it's it's not a cakewalk, man. I mean, it's pretty pretty hairy stuff. Like, there, everybody was almost getting into accidents and that sort of thing. And I just remember her dad being like, no, it's just not safe. And she full-on had this temper tantrum. She was just like, Daddy, I want to drive the car. You're going to let me drive the car. And he's like, no, like, I'm not going to let you drive the car. 
And, I mean, just in front of everybody, just, like, stomping her feet and just, like, getting real mad like a toddler, dude. I remember she just got so mad. And finally, like, her dad just got in the car and started driving. But, like, he stayed calm the whole time. But, bro, she was just going off on him. And she was just saying, like, you never let me do anything. You're never, you're not a fair dad. You always say that you're fair and you're not fair at all. And, I mean, she just went on this whole thing. Bro, it was something else. All over uh, her her wanting to drive the car. And I think she just had her learner's permit, like not even her driver's license. And was... She said, I want an Oopa Loopa now. And I was like, bro, like you need to, you need to chill. <laughs> right. um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, exactly. She, yep, bad she egg, played yeah. the keyboard um, for the church. And she was an all right keyboard player. Singing wise. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, Trust it me. was not good at all. She was very flat. And what I mean by that is like, musically flat like she could not hit a note to save her life and i just remember like when we would be back there running sound we had certain songs bro when we'd be back there running sound there was a feature where you could like put on your headphones and you could solo out like in your headphones not on the play uh not in the room where everybody else could hear it but you could solo it in your headphones to where you're like okay where's the problem so i can know where to fix it and almost every time the problem, we'd hit that solo and be like, oh, yeah, this the problem. Oh, yeah, man. It but you know bad. what was bad? She would always sing with somebody that was um, – no, actually, you know what? I think she was too sharp, was the and then there sharp. was another girl yeah. that was too flat. Yeah. And so whenever they sang, it was just not a good mix. Yeah, it was, it was old Pitt. Old Pitt was too flat. She was flat as all get out. Like, And the thing was, at the time – you, you got to think, I don't know if how popular it is now, but a lot of the songs that we were singing in that youth group, like, and I think maybe it was because the standard before, and we're getting into something completely different. I'll get off in this a second. The band that they had before it got to this point was a lot better musically. Like they were good singers, very good musicians. And let's be honest, it, it kind of turned into a bunch of 16 year old kids versus adults with some experience. And so I think the same songs remained, but <laughs> the musical talent wasn't exactly there. So, I, bro, I remember, did you ever bring friends and you're just like, I hope to God we're not singing one of these songs tonight because it's just painful. And even, you know, watching some of the friends, you know, because you talk this place up like, oh, man, come to my church. It's cool. And uh, you get there and, la, 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 you know, <laughs> it was just terrible. Yeah, it was bad. But anyways, uh, we are going to – we'll segue into uh, the next people that we're going to talk about. Um, we'll call her Jana. That's what we'll call her. And she was actually uh, the senior pastor's daughter-in-law. Um, she was married to um, one of the pastor's sons who was actually a pastor, and he had tried to start his own church in North Augusta, but I think it failed, and they eventually came back to our church. Oh, but – Micah has a beef with Jana. He did not like Jana for some reason. I don't know why, but he did. So first and foremost, what happened was um, there was kind of an in-between period and like the way that the previous children's pastor was ousted was pretty, pretty bad. Um, I wouldn't say like he wasn't necessarily ousted. I guess the way he left wasn't very good, right? He left in the church split. Yeah, in a church split. So it was kind of nasty there. And um, I remember in the interim, so there were several people in the interim, 
But you got to think, um, I was just kind of old enough to not be in that children's church realm, but old enough to kind of help out at that point, you know, give, give kids some leadership role. They, you know, I loved it. I thought it was great. Right. Even if it was just small stuff. Um, but they had me doing all sorts of stuff, right? A lot of it was tech related items, right? Because the previous pastor, children's pastor, like his kids ran all the tech stuff. Like you're, you're not running the tech stuff. His kids are running it. Well, those positions became open once they left. So it was like, okay, I want to run tech. I want to do all this stuff. So, Long story short, this lady comes in. First of all, Christopher, would you say she was a nice woman? Like I'm, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt and leave it open. Maybe I just had a bad experience. Was she a nice woman to you? Um, I think she, she was. I didn't really have any um particular ill feelings. I think part of your issues is I think your uh paternal unit kind of projected some of his uh. Bitterness at getting sh- uh, shafted for the role onto you, I, and I think you were like, "Oh yeah," and so you were upset, and so then you were kind of like, "Yeah, she's mean." I don't know. So there's part that, and then I also think there was part. I don't know what all happened behind closed doors, but she also kind of treated me pretty funny. Like I wouldn't say bad. Like she wouldn't be like, "No, you can't help" or whatever. But she would kind of relegate me to a singular role and almost. I don't know. The way she talked to me was kind of different than most other people. And you got to think. So the person who had left before that um, was like a former drama director, too. So, like, I was very involved with drama. And so her and I had a really. It was actually her sister-in-law. Yeah, it was actually her sister-in-law. And there were some things that went down there. And so pretty much um, we had a good rapport. And I think maybe that was the biggest problem was we had a good rapport um she really liked me she was very very nice you know and was just like man just thanks for for um you know helping out stuff like that and when this new lady came in I think honestly it was more like you know when somebody's annoyed at somebody or annoyed at their kid or whatever she always kind of had that exacerbated like yeah I guess you can help help be crowd control right and it was always kind of like oh I really don't want you here um, kind of feeling, and that kind of sucked. I think that's more of what it was, if we're being a hundred percent honest, <laughs> you know. But you kind of you kind of have some sort of feeling about it. But you're you're probably right. I haven't really thought about that aspect because um, what Chris is talking about that children's pastor role. Um, my paternal unit filled that role, kind of interim between people sometimes, and I always got snubbed for that. So I think there was part there, but. I also think there was something, who knows what happened behind closed doors between old, what do we call her? Jana. I think also, too, I was friends with her uh, her middle son, so we were kind of friends, and I hung out with him and uh, the music, or the worship pastor's son, a good bit um, when I was in youth for a while, and so I think she was also nicer to me, uh, maybe because of that. But the only thing I really remember about Jana is that's what that's when I started serving on the tech team as well. But I also remember um, this was like the first time instead of like children's church, we had like one a whole huge party. And I just remember the party being themed uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory theme. And like to her credit, like the environment and everything, it was like a pretty cool party. But that's all I re- really remember. I don't remember what the tie in was for it. 
but it was a pretty killer party. Um, again, I was like a seventh grader and I was helping our sixth grader and I was helping out. Um, but, um, her oldest daughter, and we've talked about this and kind of referenced this in a couple episodes, but she actually got one of the other, uh, youth kids kicked out of the church because she lied about him. Completely. Yeah. Yep, she lied about him coming on to her. He said that, uh, well, what had happened is they were both, uh, I guess, alone in the game room, which they shouldn't have been alone in the game room. We don't know the full details of what happened, but she um, she claimed that that kid had um, actually, I guess, done some things and kind of came forced himself onto her, which uh, was not true. And so it was a rumor and a lie, and he actually was told to leave the church he got kicked out um the police i don't think were ever involved as far as we know but we did find out later that that uh that it was just a rumor um and she pretty much ruined that guy's life and so much so that he had to move up north to get a better life because he would work at jobs and there would be like congregation members who would go up to his employer and they would spread the rumor and this was like two three years after it happened and it was oh yeah no he was even longer than that, man. Like, even longer than that. So, something else, too. With that guy, I had a class with his sister. Like, I was... And you gotta think, like, I we grew up with his sister, too, right? Like, she was kind of closer to our age. And so, like, I would hear things from her and stuff like that. And I would ask how he was doing. And, bro, it was constant. It was a constant thing for him. Like, that stigma never left him until he left the state. And that is... So sad for that dude because he was an actually a really cool guy. Yeah, he was a really good guy, really stand-up guy. I mean, he was like, you know, it was hard for him because I know he was like big into baseball and like he was playing for uh, one of the schools and they had to leave the church and we and we love that family. Good. Like my, fa- I don't know about your family, but my family and my mom kind of still stayed close with them after they yeah, left. Yeah, same here. I mean, um. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy, man. That whole thing went down so fast. It was it was like he was there, and all of a sudden it's like he wasn't, and then it was just like what what the heck happened? And he was very involved, so it was very obvious. One day he just wasn't there. Like his his dad was our su- Sunday school teacher for a little bit, or at least was my Sunday school teacher. Yeah, he was my Sunday school teacher for a little bit too. Awesome, awesome family, awesome family. It's uh it's sad, man. Stuff like that happens, but I'll tell you this much. Um, Weirdly enough, I've been watching a lot of documentaries about cults, and I'm not saying this is a full-on cult or anything, but there are some qualities, bro. Oh, I have been too. You have been too? Um, Well, I'll I'll just say this. Um, In this particular instance, it's just very, very interesting how a lot of things went down and how kind of some of the hierarchies were and what you were trying to strive to get to um, in a lot of these facets. And, you know, I think about the, the guy we're talking about that got kicked out, and I think about his family, and, um, you know, they kind of they worked their way into the ranks of that church. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't, wasn't the mom, like, a teacher over there, too? Yeah, she was a teacher at the Christian school. So, like, they were, they were really, really heavily involved, and it was just, it's crazy because even watching a lot of these cult things here, you know, it's it's amazing what kind of lies and rumors that are spread to protect certain things um, that are found out and stuff like that. And again, we don't know the full story, right? A lot of it is 
piece together and what we know and what we know about the people and stuff like that. But it's still just amazing how it all went down and how some of that stuff was really hush hush like like happens in cults. You know, it was for sure. Well, we're going to move into our next segment and normally we do the jelly donut. But this week it's you fired. You fired stories about how people got fired. Right. Some not funny stories, but interesting stories. So are you ready for these? Yeah. Let's hear about how people got fired. This one uh, is kind of sad. So this guy missed a whole uh, week of work because he had to be tested for cancer. He didn't have cancer, but it was an autoimmune disease that he did end up having. He said, but the manager at the store said that uh, this guy was, quote-unquote, unreliable and, quote-unquote, distracted. And the guy says, well, yeah, I was being tested for cancer. I mean, that's fair, right? But I don't know, man. You know, it's it's pretty crazy. Lots of employers will be like, oh, he's a liability because he's going to be out for treatment. And it could be something as stupid as that. I hope he sued him. Yeah, it, it's crazy how the a lot of these companies, they try to make um, anytime where they try to make work your whole life or be like, you know what, work your family. And it's like, no, your family is your family. Like. You know what I mean? No company is loyal to you. Trust trust on that. Unless it is a like deep-run family business where you know the family and you know they trust you and they really, you know, all that good jazz. But in most cases, companies don't understand. All right. Uh, this guy worked for Mickey D's. He says that he was the guy that was responsible for cooking the fries. Um, he says that one evening this guy comes in, orders him orders himself a burger and fries. They serve him accordingly. The next morning, the same guy comes in and he's screaming about how the fries he ordered the night before were soggy and demanded to speak to the guy who's writing this. Um, by the state of him and his face, he had clearly been drinking the night before. Um, uh, the guy goes up to him and the, this customer is uh, belligerent. And so the guy starts apologizing. Um, he says, uh, he said, and the guy said, do you think I'm lying just to get a refund? I just had the fries before coming here, and they were soggy. Apparently, the guy had was drunk, got out of his car, left the bag of burgers and fries in his, um, in his car and overnight. And then when he got in the car in the morning, he was mad because the fries weren't crispy. So um, the guy kicked him out of the restaurant, and two hours later, the owner of that franchise comes in and fires that guy for kicking, quote-unquote, his nephew out of the place. All the other staff members were on his side, but he threatened to fire them as well if they had a problem with his decision. The place closed down because they couldn't find people to work there as the owner kept firing people for petty reasons. So that guy was that owner's nephew, and dang, that's wild. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's pretty nuts. Uh, well, I mean, there's a reason it closed down, right? You can't be running a business like that, especially, uh, yeah. Sounds like there was a lot more to it, too. All right, this person was working at a as a cashier during uh, at a grocery store, and she missed a case of water underneath someone's cart, and turns out that that person was a secret shopper or something. Um, this lady had a couple of days off, and she came back to look at the schedule, and she was told that she was fired for missing a case of water, man. Dang, for a missing case of water. My thing is, if it's a missing case of water, they know she didn't steal it. Why, why fire, like... Even if it's, like, that much of an issue, can't you just supplement it with part of your check or something? Yeah, or maybe she's had that problem before. Maybe she was on her last leg, but still. I have a, I have a quick story. So I was working as a um, an assistant manager for the grocery chain that I used to work for. 
And one of the big wig guys from corporate, I mean, this guy's like a big wig guy. And the store I was working at, it was known for like a lot of like the president of uh, that company would would shop there. Right. And so this guy, um, he was bagging his own groceries. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, like I can bag these for you. And he was like, no, he was like, he was like, I got it. And I asked like three times. And he was like, no, no, I got it. So I like left it. Like I said, okay, all right. And I left him alone. Well, apparently after he left, he called my boss and told the, the boss that no one had bagged his groceries and he had to carry out his own groceries. And I was like, this, this dude. And my, and my boss told me, he was like, well, you should have gotten one of the sackers to bag it for him. And he didn't ask you cause you're a manager. And I was like, it doesn't matter. This dude was lying on me, bro. I remember when you told me that messed up. You know, people, yeah, people be messed up, man. Three more. Uh, this lady was a waitress at a small restaurant in a small college town. She got fired when she finally confronted the owner because he kept withholding people's tips, which is super legal for BS reasons like they were late um, or other things. And she said, I kept telling uh, people and that some of them, some of the workers were immigrants and it could barely speak English. And she told them their rights. And so he got mad at me and he fired her. Um, because she was confronting him about um, withholding tips. That's illegal. Yeah, that is illegal. And especially because they're not getting paid that much in the first place. All right, this last one. Sorry, I thought we had two more. This is the last one. Uh, this is going to remind you of boot corral, I'm pretty sure. Um, all right, so this person, and this is very serious, um, and so I, this is not a laughing matter. Um, this person was sexually and violently assaulted by a fellow employee on a night out and when she reported it to the manager and told him that she was going to report it to the police, the manager fired her because the person who did it sold more units per month than she did. And keeping him happy was more important than how I felt safe working alongside him again. So she was. So the manager was like, well, he outsells you, so uh, I'm going to fire you. And I was like, bro, that is a boot corral move. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. That's that's messed up, though. <laughs> that's really messed up. Um, trust me, it's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing you got fired. You don't want to work. There. Oh, I hope she sued, though. Yeah, I hope she sued, though, because it's like I reported a crime that happened, and my manager fired me. Oh, I hope she got un- unemployment, sued them out the yin yang. I hope so, man. I hope so, because that's that's terrible. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's terrible. And I hope if any of you were going out there like that, quit if that's what's happening. It is crazy. Well, that's all I got for the uh, fired stories. I'm good to move on to the donut hole. Let's do the donut hole. It's your turn as well. So what are we doing? Uh, I don't have a crit. Let me start that over. I don't have a quiz, but uh, we'll we'll resume the quiz in two weeks. Um, but I do have two movie reviews because I saw some movies over the holiday break. Um, and I'm here to review them because I haven't done a movie review in a while. Yeah, let's do it. So the first one is called The Iron Claw, which is a wrestling movie. It's actually about the Von Erich family, who was a, a family in Texas uh, in the 70s. They wrestled. They were big like in the late 70s, uh, 80s, and the 80s era. Um, and there was actually five of them. And it's kind of a tragic story because all of the kids, except for one, uh, died. Um, and so not like in a fire, it's like they all died off one by one. Um, and the main, uh, guy, Kevin Von Eric, who is the only remaining, uh, brother that's left, 
uh, was played by Zac Efron, and he actually did a really good job. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm not that into wrestling. There's not a lot about wrestling. It's more about their family. Um, and so it was It was a really good movie. Um, I will say they did actually um, leave out one of the brothers um, from that was actually in real life. They did not put him in the movie. I don't know why. There's some money issue there. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, but I mean, it was like really good. I mean, of course, it's a sad story. But Zac Efron, man, he was like phenomenal. Like he did really good in the wrestling scenes, and like, you know, he he got jacked for the movie and everything. I will say though, the guy that played Ric Flair was absolutely horrible, dude. Like he did not act like Ric Flair. He didn't talk like Ric Flair. I think he kind of similarly looked like Ric Flair. From that era, but he was a bad Ric Flair. But the movie was pretty good. I saw commercials for it. It does look pretty. It looks very interesting, actually. So you say it's mostly about the family and not. It's actually pretty. Not a ton about the actual wrestling bit, but it's about a lot of the drama. Yeah, it's mostly about the family. I mean, like, yeah, but of course the family, you know, is into wrestling. So it's about them and the business and, like, all that good stuff. And so um, it's pretty good. And if you don't know anything about wrestling, like, and you're interested just in history stuff like it's a cool movie to watch you don't really have to know too much um and that's they pretty much kind of spell it out for you um but it, i mean it, it was a pretty good movie and then the second one i want to review is the uh wonka movie that came out it's the prequel to willy wonka and the chocolate factory yeah it was that. it was actually really good um it was a very family-friendly movie it was a musical um, the guy that played Willy Wonka, Timothy Chalamet, is that how you say his name? Chalamet, is that how you say his name? I, I think so. He did he did an excellent job. Um, the only thing was he was not as uh, quirky as Gene Wilder. But what I did like is they took um, both uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp and the Gene Wilder version. And they kind of uh, blended the two together to make that Wonka. And so I thought it was like pretty good. I mean, it was making some nods at the original and it was a good prequel story of kind of how Willy Wonka got started. I wish they would make another movie um, kind of on that prequel wise because they left some things unanswered. Like how in the heck all the grandparents got in the same dang bed all them years ago? Well, that's well, that's Charlie's uh, that's Charlie's uh, issue. This is mostly focusing on or actually only focusing on Wonka and how he got started in the chocolate making and kind of his backstory and where he came from and all that good stuff. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> I will say this, though. And Gene Wilder's uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, you know what? I'm telling you, that Grandpa Joe, he is a shyster, bro. He is. That dude's scamming people. He's scamming people, for real. He's he claiming that he ain't been out of that bed in 20 years, but then all of a sudden he wants to do a little tap dance number, tap and jig. He ain't been working for 20 years. That's what I'm saying, man. They be spending all. That's, that's what I'm saying. They be spending uh, any money that he can on uh, tobacco. And then and then he's all like, yeah, Charlie, I got this uh, this Wonka bar for you. And nobody else knows on your birthday. How'd he go to the store to get it? That's what I want. Yeah, and how does nobody else know? Who the hell picked it up for him if they don't know? Yeah, I get you. Grandpa Joe, I, you know, here's my question. Did you like the older one or the newer one with Johnny Depp? Oh, the older one for sure. I mean, Gene Wilder's version is like, I don't know. It's it's really hard to beat. Don't get me wrong. The the newer ones, it's a typical Johnny Depp 
and uh, what's his face movie? Uh, Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. What I didn't understand about that movie is why did they make the whole little uh, side story about his dad being a dentist and and him being like uh, having flashbacks and nightmares about uh, his dad, the dentist. I will say, I feel like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Gene Wilder version. I feel like it leaves out some of the stuff that's in the book, um, a little bit. But then also to Johnny Depp's version leaves out some stuff in the book too. Um, but in the Gene Wilder version, when they're all like, "Well, why doesn't Charlie get the prize?" and I was like, "Well, he stole the drink and he, you know, he he did, you know, go up to the ceiling." So y'all just trying to ignore that? He broke the rules. But it was a good movie. Wonka was a good movie. You should go see it. Yeah, uh, I totally get you. I totally get you. Well, we got into some side notes about, uh, you know, Willy Wonka that we didn't necessarily, you know, some unanswered questions maybe that. Uh, they can listen to and make some sequels based off of that as well. Yes, sir. Uh, I want them to make a, a sequel about what happened to Charlie after you were in the chocolate factory, um, which would be interesting. But anyways, we're going to move into our next segment, which is what fries my donuts? <laughs> what fries your donuts, buddy? Before I get into that, just I'm going to say one more thing. You know, it's like <laughs> Charlie gets in. There's an economic downturn. Sales are down. It's like, I want to see how Charlie's reacting at this point. Anyways, all right, so what fries my donuts, man. So this is for uh, for all the sports people out there, especially college football fans. And if you're not a college football fan, I understand. I'll do a brief explanation of what I'm talking about. But bowl season is terrible, and that is just a part. It's the tip of the iceberg, but let's talk about the iceberg of the problem. Bowl season has been terrible this year besides the two playoff games because most of the games don't have people like their starting lineups in there. They're missing 20 to 30 percent of the people who are on their teams. Now we're going to talk about the whole iceberg. Reason being is because of the transfer portal and the NFL. Now the NFL has been there and you know people have gone but it's a lot more acceptable now to train for the NFL and say, okay, I'm not going to play in the um, San Diego County Credit Union whatever bowl, right? Like, we're not going to do that. And understand there, here's what I don't understand. We're living in a day and age um, where if you don't start, you transfer. If you don't like the coach, you transfer. If, you know, you don't like the dorm that is sharing a bathroom, but you heard that Utah has a dorm that doesn't, transfer. You know, we're living in a day where everybody transfers. They don't want to just stick around and try to fight it out. What's 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 wrong with people? You know, they just want to hop ship so darn quick. You know, let's be honest. What I find so much in college football is people are hopping around. Why? Because they think they're all that in the bag of chips, and they're not even the grease on the side of the bag. That's one thing. But it's really ruining things, man, because... We can't really get decent bowl games because what happens is if you're they're not going to the playoffs or don't have a chance at the national championship, all these guys, they can say, I'm transferring at any point, right? But they're saying, oh, I'm going to transfer. They announce it right as the season. And heck, there was a, you know, and I follow Texas Tech. There was a Texas Tech player. He got injured, lost his starting job due to injury. And he's like, oh, I'm going to transfer mid-year. Right? Like, he knew he's not even going to be on the team mid-year. Like, bye, I'm transferring. And I'll, I'll tell you how different it is. So, 
I've got a video game in the other room here, one of my favorites, and they haven't made another one since. They're coming out with another one next year. Um, and a lot of it was because of name and likeness and all this other stuff. But NCAA football, the video game, right? The last edition that came out was in 2014. Uh, or it's it's NCAA 14, but that comes out the year before that. That's how sports games work. So 2013 is when it came out. I'll put it to you this way. You can play as a coach. And at the end of the year, you get your transfer request. You know, am I going to accept this guy or reject this guy? I'll put it to you this way. Even the best of teams at that point had one, maybe two guys coming from a different team somewhere else. Now you're having a 30 to 40% flip of your roster every year. Like, think about that. That's insane. Like, what, what are we doing? You know, and it makes it terrible because who's suffering on the other end? Who, for me personally, at the end of the year, do I even really want to watch my team? Because it was, it was, yeah, the starting quarterback, but we were missing this guy. We were missing a receiver. We were missing an offensive lineman. The other team's missing a bunch of people. We're watching backups play backups, man. You know, who wants to watch that? And that's the culture we've created. It's, it's insane. And I can't stand it, man. It's a Gen Z mindset, I will say that, with the younger generation of, Oh, if I'm not on the winning team or, oh, I don't get the, the success without putting in the work, then I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go somewhere else where success is easy. People don't want to do hard things, man. People don't want to do the work to become successful. They just want it instantly. Or they we have told um, the lie so much that, oh, you're special. Oh, you're going to do amazing things. And it's like, yeah, you can do that. But you've also forgotten that you got to do hard work, right? And sometimes it takes years to see that being achieved right what really legacy are you leaving if you're up and leaving every every year or every couple years you're not really creating a legacy man i feel like you're just kind of hopping around trying to chase a high that you're never going to chase right you're chasing the proverbial dog tail right you're just going in circles and you keep going and bouncing from place to place and you're like, oh, yeah, well, it's this place. or And you'll make up excuses, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, this per- this per they didn't let me do this. Or, oh, I could- didn't get along with this person. It's like, man, ultimately, at the end of the day, you got to stop and think, like, am I the problem? Because you just got to get settled long enough to grow and to, you know, produce fruit, right? And honestly, I think, just like you're saying, moving around, and a lot of these guys do move around every year. Like, we've gotten to the point where you're watching a broadcast and it's like, oh, man, this player is so great. He was at Utah this year. He was – or and then last year he was at Oregon. year before that he was at Alabama, but he was injured that year. And then, you know, they talk about his whole past. You know, that's something we only used to see in the NFL. And, you know – And this is a 22-year-old kid probably, 21-year-old kid. Bro, some of – you'd think it's funny, but some of it, like especially where we're at now – the COVID year, right? So 2020, even if you played college football that year, they didn't count that year of eligibility. So you have these people. There was a guy on there the other day. It was his last game, senior, you know, senior year. He had been playing college football for eight stinking years. He had graduated four years ago. How is he still playing college football? How he was kept alive is because his first two year or his first year he was redshirted, which means that you. Like, you can have an additional year, and basically you're just going to sit on the bench and watch what happens. So he's redshirted that year. The next two years, he was injured, but he was still on a college football team. His senior year, he like his technical fourth senior year, right, he played. 
you can, if you redshirted that first year, you can get a fifth year by going to graduate school, right? Homie went all the way and got his doctorate, all on scholarship, because he had he had the years of eligibility. So, so we've got we've got guys who are sitting here who have played in college football for eight darn years, which is just that's just mind blowing to me. Um, you know, and don't even get me started about we're we're kind of in the wild west of this. But you heard me talk about the name and likeness thing, and I'll get off of this in just a second because I could fill a whole podcast with this. But we've gotten into the whole name and likeness thing, where the NCAA it used to be a very big thing. Uh, Reggie Bush was a big example. They, I mean, they took his Heisman Trophy away because he was signing autographs and things like that's a big no no. You would if you're a college kid, you don't make the money. But the problem is, who is? It was primarily the college, and it would go back to the NCAA, and the kid was cut out of it completely. So basically, you're just making the money off the back of the kid. So I understand, get the money, you know, the kid, you know, the player needs money as well, um, beyond scholarship, and I get that. But where we're at right now is basically, it's like, okay, you can make money, however... It's just been exploited the last two or three years. What happens when there's no regulation, right? It just goes haywire. We've got these kids in high school making hundreds of thousands of dollars in endorsements, and they're not even in college yet. We've got colleges offering people five, six million dollars to come transfer here or come to our school, and we'll have it in NIL deals. And really, what it's becoming beforehand, it was a lot about the money and the big money would rise to the top. But now, what we're creating is you know, what's the most money you can get me to get to that school? And so the people with the most money are going to have the best players, period. So they're going to have to fix that. I mean, even Nick Saban was saying the average phone call with their recruits nowadays, the first thing that comes out of their mouth used to be, oh, you know, what's the scheme? Who's the quarterback going to be? You know, they ask a bunch of questions. Now it's, hey, coach, let's talk business first. How much money can I get from getting there? That's the first question that's being asked nowadays in college football, and I think that's ridiculous. It's pretty. It's a pretty crazy time. I'm not opposed to people getting money, but it's become a crap show. But becoming millionaires while the rest of the general college kids are struggling, or they're they're working their butts off just to make it through school, and then they end up with debt uh, out their eyeballs, of dollars stu- student debt. Yeah, that makes me sick. Yeah, it's. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy, all because you can throw or catch a ball. Um, you know, and I, I love the sport, but what it's becoming is, you know, it's becoming a very nasty, nasty business, and um, they're going to have to do something about it. But like I said, I could fill a whole podcast with that, so we'll get off of that and uh, move on to our improv segment if you're good with that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to move into improv. We're going to play a game, fortunately, unfortunately. Let's just do two. Uh, scenarios, and we can go off of that. Do you have any ideas for what scenarios? Yeah, let's do the first one because I've experienced this this last week in the emergency room. Okay, I'll start. Fortunately, we got to the emergency room just in time. Unfortunately, you haven't paid your deduct or you haven't met your deductible, so it's going to cost you. Fortunately, there's not a long list so uh we'll probably get seen pretty quick unfortunately there was a whole entire bus that went off the side of a hill and they're all coming in ahead of you on the ambulance uh fortunately it's a miracle that those people survived because they would probably uh be dead unfortunately you're right 
but there's only one doctor on staff to take care of the 37 people. Fortunately, the neighborhood clinic is still open and I'm gonna go. Unfortunately, that burned down last week. Fortunately, I don't live in Podunk, USA and there's multiple clinics around town. Unfortunately, the other clinic's not 24 hours. Fortunately, it's okay. It's not that bad. It's just a flesh wound. Unfortunately, it becomes infected instantly somehow. Fortunately, I... My wife bought essential oil, so I'm good. <laughs> essential oil? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Bro, that's a scam. Oil. That's a racket in of itself. I was about to say, what essential oils are we talking about? Time or... <laughs> essential oils? Anyway. Young Living. That's what I'm talking about. Those Young Living essential oils. Uh... Anyways, alright, uh, I got another scenario. How about going to the movies? Okay, sounds good. I'll start that one. Fortunately, they had my favorite movie playing this week. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to sit through 25 minutes of commercial. Fortunately, most of the movies I actually want to see. Unfortunately, they're gonna have a couple of those commercials that were made by students at uh, different colleges, and they're not very good. Fortunately... The popcorn prices actually went down. Unfortunately, they only serve Pepsi products here. Fortunately, I don't mind Pepsi products for some reason. Unfortunately, Pepsi products are more likely to put holes in your teeth and reduce your sperm count. I just want to know, is that actually true or is that something you just made up? Uh, it's true about Mountain Dew. Oh, but yeah. Mountain Dew, uh, the nectar of the South. Anyways, fortunately, I don't drink mountain dew in particular so it's not a problem unfortunately that's all they have here fortunately uh, i don't know i don't have another one the mountain dew got me yep mountain dew i think i don't know have you ever had like the um i guess it's like with the original label i don't know if it's the same formula but like with the original label mountain dew maybe a long time ago i'll be honest with you i think i've only had mountain dew a handful of times i mean it tastes okay but i'm just not huge on it you know what actually turned me off of it, and I am going to make this incredibly quick. Um, if you ever, you've seen Futurama, right? I don't think you're a fan of it, though. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. There's a particular episode where it's kind of making fun of Mountain Dew, but basically where it came from was like a worm that's like um, crapping it out into cans, and it's like the green, it was like a green, nasty-looking worm. And ever since then, I don't know. I just can't get that out of my mind of like, oh, I know it's dumb. But. Well, I read multiple reports that it puts holes in your teeth and reduces your, uh, I mean, all soda probably does, but Mountain Dew does it quicker and, uh, you know, definitely reduces uh, the count. Uh, and so, yeah, um, I do like Mellow Yellow every now and then. That's pretty good. I haven't seen a Mellow Yellow in a long time. Yeah, I do like... Um, I do like regular Pepsi though. Like Pepsi is not a big, like for me, I don't know why most people are like, oh, you can definitely taste the difference between Coke and Pepsi. I'm like, to me, it, I don't really care. I don't like fall into one camp or the other. I'll drink both. I do. Anyways, we got to move. Um, uh, we're going to segue into our eclair, which is our positive advice. And Mike, I'll let you go. First. All right. So this is coming from a place of. Ah, this sucks because I uh, I lost a, a dog this week and that was pretty that was pretty hard. Um, but you know sometimes we're in situations and predicaments and you can make a million excuses of why you shouldn't take it easy or why you shouldn't go through things, right? Because so many people tell you, oh, you lost a dog, just keep yourself busy. There is something to that, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. But at the same time, you also need to give yourself a chance to think about things and also go through it. Because if you don't, 
Uh, it's just repressed. And guess what? It will come out later, and it'll come out probably tenfold. So the thing is, it's like, you know, go through it as much as you need to go through it. And, you know, once you get to capacity, yeah, it's okay to distract yourself. But I feel like it's a good balance. So if you're going through something, you know, take the time to actually go through it. Because if you don't, it'll come back and bite you later yeah, on. Yeah, man. And we want to, um, you know, shout out to, to our thoughts and prayers are with Micah and your family. Because I know to some people, they're like, oh, it's just a dog. But it's like, man, like, he and I knew the dog. Like, he was really sweet. And he was like... You couldn't ask for a more perfect dog. And so he had been part of their family for 10 plus years. And so it was, you know, it was hard because, but, you know, he, it was something that needed to happen because he needed to go out peacefully and, you know, but, you know, it's still hard and it sucks. And so, uh, which shout out to Chris, he's putting together a uh, slideshow for us for him. So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome too. So appreciate you for that, bro. Yeah, I'm almost done. Actually, probably by the time we drop this podcast, I'll be done. But uh, anyways, uh, my, uh, my positive advice is just be faithful with the small things. A lot of people want the spotlight, kind of like we were talking about, you know, earlier. Everybody wants that um, defining moment or that, you know, viral moment where they, uh, you know, they just want the spotlight firsthand, bro. And it's like you can't handle the spotlight until you know how to handle the little things, building responsibility, right? I heard this thing that said – uh talent will get you there but character will keep you there right and so it's cool to be in that spot and be in those places but if you don't have the character to stay in there and to handle it i will tell you you will fall fast right because all it takes is um you get in that in that spotlight in that job where you're making millions of dollars and then you know you can easily blow that and not be responsible with it and then you know i'll just do reckless things with it but just be faithful in the small things and i found that when you're faithful in the small things those big opportunities uh tend to present themselves the more that you're faithful with what you got so you can't have more until you're you got uh you're good with what you got so that's my positive yeah advice. heck yeah man good stuff good stuff all right man we gotta plug the stuff tvtrashcan.com tvtrashcan.com go visit us over there and of course all of our socials and uh however you're listening we really appreciate it man we really do it's been amazing, and even going into this new year, I don't know, just going back and seeing how many podcasts we've done and seeing the listenership that's happened so far, it's uh, it's pretty encouraging for the direction that we're going, and I'm I'm happy for all the numbers we've been gaining. And shout out, we got South America. I'm ready to take this donut box out to the trash. <laughs> yeah, man, me too. I'm Chris. All right, I'm Michael. And this is the Donut Box Podcast.